we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, where we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. So we're just going to talk a little while on trust God's process. Amen. We're going to trust God's process. Amen. God, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, we give you honor and glory. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to hear your word. And God, not be hearers only, but be doers. Lord, soften our hearts to receive your word with joy and gladness. Lord, let us have a made-up mind that we're going to do what your word proclaims. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you on this day. And in Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about today to trust God's process. Amen. Chapter 5 of Romans opens up by reminding us we have been justified through faith, which based on Jesus Christ giving his life means we have been declared righteous or made righteous in the eyes of God. We have been acquitted of sin and declared blameless. We are not justified like this stand your ground mess, amen, which is a way to call unjust killing of African Americans, especially African American males, just. But God has declared us right by Jesus taking our place on the cross. So every believer is declared righteous. Since we have been declared righteous, we are no longer enemies of God. But we are friends of God and not enemies. Our sins no longer separate us from a relationship with God. Jesus' blood paid our penalty in full. By the grace of God, our position has changed from an enemy headed to hell to a friend with benefits. Hebrews 6, 9 tells us there are better things that accompany our salvation. Our salvation is not the end, but the beginning to better things. Those better things are faith, hope, love, callings, gifts, the word of God, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the church, and the promises of God, etc. We are joint heirs with Christ and sons and daughters of God. It does not matter if we ever felt accepted, if we ever felt a part of the crowd or the going thing. We are fully accepted in Christ. This is our new position upon receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. We stand as recipients of God's grace, no longer bound to a law we were unable to fulfill. We stand in position to confidently walk in the hope of God and rest in his power. On October 3rd, 1995, one of the largest and most memorable trials of that century is the trial of Orenthal James Simpson, O.J. Simpson, facing double murder charges. The evidence was stacked against him. The evidence had been sabotaged. The evidence had been mishandled. Witnesses were lying, but O.J. still was still facing murder charges. O.J. Simpson's attorneys were known by the name of the Dream Team. Johnny Cochran was the leader of the dream team and was known for his famous line referencing, if it don't fit, you must acquit. Individuals are still found still quoting those lines today. In other words, Johnny was saying, if the evidence don't line up, you must declare this defendant not guilty. On October 3rd, 1995, O.J. Simpson was acquitted of all charges, declared not guilty. It didn't matter what O.J. did or did not do. It didn't matter what we thought about O.J. if we held him in high regards or low regards. On this day, he was declared innocent. And so it is with us upon salvation. We are acquitted. We're declared not guilty but innocent. Yes, we've done wrong. Yes, we've done some things that we're embarrassed about and we care not to even remember. Yes, we committed offenses. But on the day of salvation, we are declared innocent of all charges. Being that Christ changed our position and our direction, we should desire to live our lives pleasing to him. If we have in fact trusted him to save us and deliver us out of the hand of the enemy, 
to snatch us out the pits of hell and pay our price in full. We should trust him with processing us. For the first step in processing is we are, as we are being processed, we must wait, learn to wait. Romans 5, 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience is easy to demonstrate when everything is going our way or when we're getting our way. But what happens to our patience when nothing is going according to our plans or according to how we envisioned? Waiting on God while we're experiencing adversity is the right response to wait on God. Waiting on God does not mean we do nothing and see what God is going to do, but it is our continual moving forward under pressure, under facing adversity, facing racism, facing heartache and heartbreak, facing pain, difficulties, sufferings, calamity, sickness, financial issues, multiple issues all at the same times, problems in marriage, issue with children, issue on the job, issue with the career, issues with injustices, a drought or a downturn in your business, issues in ministries, parents being ill, COVID-19, shutdown of a country, etc. When we're waiting on God while facing tribulation, it means while all of these things are going on, we remain calm. Our tempers are not unruffled. We're not fretful. We do not complain. We're not uncomfortable because we're waiting on God to move and we're waiting on an answer from God. When we do not manufacture our own outcome, we don't result with manipulation. We don't result to lying in adversity or cheating or anger or depression or hostility. But we patiently wait on God to respond. No matter how long it takes or how he wants to deliver, in this process, our hearts and minds are set to wait on the salvation of the Lord. So as we're being processed, we must learn to wait. Psalms 27, 11. And it says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David is facing adversity with his enemies, but David had learned to wait on God's process. So he is seeking God for direction. People have come against him. People have started to lie on David. They are being nasty to David. David said he would have given up if he did not have confidence in how good our God is. David continues to remember to wait on the Lord with confidence and courage, and God would strengthen his heart, and then he reiterates to wait on the Lord. David realized the best way out of his situation was to wait on the Lord, to not trust in his ability to go to war, to not defend himself, to not use his intellect or even his power as king. But David waited on the Lord, and he waited for God to yield the best results. We must submit to God's process and learn to wait on God. Wait on God's answer and wait on his results. David had learned to wait and not respond in his own strength or his own way. Joseph waited on God. He was sold into slavery and sent to prison. But he was waiting on God, and we know this because he was not bitter. Joseph did not get angry. He didn't have an attitude problem. Everywhere Joseph went, he was given authority to oversee. Job waited on God. We know this. Job 14, 14 says, if a man die." Shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time, I will wait till my change come. Job is saying all the days of his struggle, he will wait for the Lord to answer. Job waited. We know he waited because he never cursed God and he remained thankful. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so a great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. As we remember all of those who went before us and walked in faith, let's strip off everything that tries to weigh us down and entangle us. Run persistently the race that has been set before us. Don't get distracted, but keep our eyes focused on our author and finisher, Christ. He is our example on how to run a race. With all manner of evil against him, he endured everything. He did not let anything distract him from getting to the cross. So don't lose heart. Jesus has completed the work, and we walk in that same power. God doesn't want us to wait to be mean or to withhold things from us. God wants us to learn to depend on him and realize he knows what is best for us. While we're waiting, we still must serve God. We still got to study his word. We still must seek his way, pray and attend service. We still got to render praises unto God. We still have to be thankful. We still must do the practical work. We still have to have a good attitude. Amen. While we're waiting on God. So in this process, waiting is important. And a, a, a week or so ago, I was in the credit union. Amen. And I had to conduct some business there, and I had to go inside, amen, to get some services done. Amen. And while I was there, in line, next in line, my total wait time was 45 minutes in line. Amen. And the people behind me began to murmur and complain and shout out things over the tellers. And then I just, in my soul, I thought, well, maybe I need to tell them something too since I'm next in line. Amen. To kind of speed them up. Amen. But the Lord said, you remain quiet and you remain waiting patiently. Amen. I said, Lord, you know, I got another appointment after this. Amen. And the Lord said, I've already prepared that. You wait patiently. Amen. And as I continued to wait a few more minutes, amen, the teller called me up. I told her what I needed, a number of things I needed done, amen. And as she was doing, she said, hey, I need to call the branch manager over to do an approval. I said, oh, Lord, I got to wait a little longer. And I'm thinking, what is she calling the branch manager over here for approval? I'm not asking for all of that, amen. And when the branch manager got over, she said, you got a number of services you need on today. All is well. We just watched how patiently you waited and that you didn't say anything. So I'm coming to approve that you don't have to pay any fees for these services, amen. And so that's what the Lord says when you wait, amen, that I got a blessing on the other side of waiting. Amen, even though it's uncomfortable. Amen, and I remember when we came to Austell, the church was built here, and uh, we were still living in Stone Mountain, 40-something miles away. And as the church began to grow, we were commuting 40-some miles one way, four to five times a week. Amen. And we got the kids in the car. We're eating in the car. We're studying the car. Everything we doing was in the car. Amen. And so uh, Pastor and I was discussing, and we said, hey, we got to make a move. We got to move closer to the church. Amen. It's becoming a weight on us. Amen. And so as we began to look at properties, amen, we wanted kind of like a ranch home because we wanted to buy something and not have to buy again into retirement. Amen. And so, Pastor, uh, the Lord led him to the house we live in now. Amen. And so, uh, as we begin to discuss the asking price, I'm like, well, no, I really don't want to give him that kind of money. We can wait a little longer. Amen. So, we agreed to wait a little longer, and two more years passed, and we kept on serving, and we kept on praising God, and we kept doing it with joy in our hearts. It was pleasing unto us to serve and sacrifice unto the Lord. And then two years passed. And we said, we can't keep doing it. Amen. It's becoming a bigger weight. Amen. And so pastor said, we got to find something over here. Amen. He said, you know what? I'm going to go back to that house. And I'm thinking, okay, that was two years ago. But I'm going to go back over there and see if they still got the house for sale. Amen. And so he went over and he called. He said, I don't see a for sale sign out because we're waiting. Amen. I don't see a for sale sign out, but it doesn't look like anybody's living here. Amen. But you know what? I kept the lady's information in my phone for two years. He kept the lady's information. He called her, and she had a defense again. I'm not selling my home. I'm not. And he kept talking to her, waiting patiently. Amen. And she said, you know what? Can you and your family meet me over to the house on today? 
this evening after I get off of work. He said, we can. He called me, baby, get the kids and come straight over. Amen. And as we went over to the property, amen, and began to talk to this lady, two years later, amen, she asked pastor, what do you want to give me for the house? Amen. After waiting, God has a blessing after you wait. Amen. And pastor said, a price and then they negotiated and we ended up purchasing the home for over $300,000 less than the asking price. That's how God blesses when we wait. Amen. That's how he does when we just wait and we keep serving. Amen. With the right attitude. Over $300,000 less than the asking price. That's God. Amen. Y'all a little tight in here, but we're going to have to wait on the Lord. Amen. We got to wait on him. That's part of the process is to wait. You want to get to what God has for you. You got to wait. The next thing is as we're being processed, we must show godly character. Amen. It doesn't happen by osmosis. We got to wait and then we got to show godly character. That's Romans 5 and 4. It says, and patience worketh experience. When we wait on God's process, it produces patience or endurance, which then produces experience and character. We embrace the experience because we understand that the Lord is at work and he is helping us to build character. As we're being processed to embrace the experience to build our character, we must realize we have to die to ourselves and our self-efforts. Initially, we may choose not to wait on God and rely on our own efforts. When we get tired of things not working out, we still must resolve to wait on God and die to ourselves. This is where character is developed. Our character is best shown through adversity, trials, and tribulations. So when adversity comes, what is our response? Do we respond according to God or to our flesh, to our personality, or to habits? As we are being processed, we must embrace the experience with God's response. How do we know God's response? Well, we study his word. We pray and ask him. We wait to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If we're in doubt, it is always okay to just wait from confirmation from God. When we embrace the experience God's way, we grow spiritually. Many have said character is who you are when no one else is looking. What you do in secret is who you really are. That is true. But it is also true that the real character is best shown in adversity. How do we respond mentally? How do we respond morally? How do we behave? When we embrace the experience and respond according to Christ, according to the word, the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, we choose to act according to God's word, realizing God is trying to process us into maturity in him. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 gives us examples of godly character. Galatians 5, 22. The Amplified Version says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we wait, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That means you can do as much of that as possible that's within you, that God has strengthened you. You can do these characteristics. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with his passions and his appetites. As God is processing us, we should take every opportunity to show love. This is one example of the fruit of the Spirit. You may have been raised to love those who love you. For those who hate you, you may have been taught to stay away from them, to keep your distance. But Matthew 5 says to do good to those who hate you. Don't hate your enemies. Show them love. This is how we respond with godly character. Amen. Another example. Uh, you operating in self-control. If you're married and somebody is flirting with you, operate in self-control. Ignore the advances. Go the other way. Refuse to be an adulterer and honor the vows you made unto God. Amen. That's self-control. Philippians 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The scripture tells us here that we should have the same attitude as Christ. He considered himself of no reputation. He took on a form of a servant. He humbled himself. He was obedient. He was even obedient to the death of the cross. Because of his finished work, God has given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. With all the adversity Christ faced, he remains surrendered to the plan of God. This is the experience we must embrace. Surrender and do things God's way. Esther did not want to go to the king, amen, to defend the Jewish people. Amen. As her uncle Mordecai came to her and said, Esther, you're going to have to go to your husband, the king, and tell him about this plan to annihilate the Jewish people. Esther said, I can't do that. You know, if I go before the king uninvited, if he don't receive me, although I'm his wife, they can kill me on spot. Amen. They could kill me right there. And Mordecai said, it doesn't matter. You still got to go and tell him about what's going on with the Jewish people, of which you are a Jew too. Don't forget that. Mordecai went on to tell Esther his niece. He said, Esther, if you don't do it, that God will raise up somebody who will do it. And then what would happen to you and your household? Esther heard the words of her uncle. And he went, she went to the king, and the king received her. Amen. He received her and the plan against the Jewish people was revealed. Amen. The Jewish people's lives were spared. Amen. Esther showed godly character. She put her life on the line, her future and the comforts of the kingdom for the Jewish people. Amen. And the Jewish people were saved based on her courage. Facing adversity, Prince Harry gave up the kingdom. For the wellness of his family. Amen. His wife came and said, they're not treating me right. They're not doing me right. I'm under too much pressure. I'm having suicidal thoughts. I can't continue to do this. Out of the love for his wife and wanting his family in the right position, King Harry said, I got to put down the throne. I got to leave my father. I got to leave my grandmother, the queen. I got to leave my brother. All to put my family in their rightful place. He sacrificed. He showed courage in adversity. He showed godly character. How are we responding to tribulations and trials? Are we embracing the experience? Are we responding God's way? Are we responding our own way? Are we responding with lies, intellect, pride, stealing, cursing, anger, schemes, manipulation, fear? Whatever way we respond is our true character. If we respond our own way, tribulations of that kind will continue to come until we respond God's way. So as we're being processed, we must learn to wait on God. We must show godly character. And as we're being processed, we must walk in hope. Verse 4 says, an experience worketh hope. Our ultimate hope is our eternal security in Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And no one can pluck us out of his hands. We are secure in Christ. When we wait on God in tribulation and respond with godly character, while under the pressure of life, we can confidently and boldly expect the promise of God to manifest in our lives. Hope is believing that God will do just what he says. I wait with joy because I believe that I'm expecting what I'm expecting is going to happen. Although I don't see it, any evidence... I'm expecting good things in the future. Walking in hope, I expect everything to work for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. When we set our minds and hearts to trust God, we will always be challenged to give up on what we're expecting God to do. And adversity comes to challenge what God promises. The word says in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace 
whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Tribulation and temptation may be going on in our lives, but if we don't focus on those things and focus on the Lord, he will keep us in perfect peace. Now, if we focus on the negative things, we will worry and be depressed. Yet, a lot is going on, but I'm trusting God with my peace. You may be doing good and treating people right according to Scripture, but you might not be getting that right back. But Galatians 6.9 tells us, don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The right response in doing good may not come back immediate, but it is coming. We don't lose heart. We hope for God's word to manifest. We may want to avenge those who do us wrong. But God said, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. I'm trusting God to repay. I'm not sitting, waiting, watching for him to repay. I just trust him to repay. Hope is believing God and believing what God has told us specifically for our lives. We walk with confidence that it's already done. So as we're being processed, we must walk in hope. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. We rely on the Lord, and we expect him to work it out. We can choose to put trust in other people, ourselves, or even things, but it won't last. Oh, in the beginning, sometimes it seems like it's working, but give it a little while. The grandparents and parents used to say, time will tell. Time will show the lie or the truth, the real or the fake. Amen. Romans 15, 13 in the Amplified says our faith and hope must be in God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Our faith and hope must be in God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand and trust in God. Our hope can be built on nothing else. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, it recounts, amen, the supernatural healing of this woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. Amen. The scripture accounts that she had this issue for 12 years. She had been to multiple physicians. Amen. She had spent all kind of money. Amen. Not only did her situation not grow any better, the scripture says that it grew worse. So she spent all she had. She sought out all types of physicians, but yet she came up empty. Amen. And then the scripture goes on to say, but she heard that Jesus was passing by and that she said within herself, if only I could just reach out and touch him. Amen. That my body will be made whole. So she changed the object of her hope and faith from physicians, from her money, amen, to Jesus Christ. Amen. And as she pressed through the crowd on the ground, amen, the scripture says that when she just touched the hem of his garment that her situation dried up immediately amen because she changed the object of her hope right now God so we got to see what is my hope built on what am I trusting in she said if I can just touch a piece of his clothes amen I will be made whole she placed her hope in Jesus, and it did not cost her a thing. And as soon as she touched him, his him, she was healed. Now, sure, even deliverance in God is not always immediate. Because remember, the Lord is teaching us how to wait. And he's building character. The difference is, when I'm hoping in God, nothing is wasted. Amen. That he's going to work it out. Amen. It's going to be to my benefit. Nothing is wasted in God. Amen. There's no regrets. Amen. And as I remember a movie, it was called Miracles of Heaven. Amen. And it's about a little girl, Annabelle, nine years old. Amen. Annabelle began to grow ill. And her parents couldn't figure out what was wrong. And they were taking her from physician to physician. Amen. She was misdiagnosed time after time after time. Only to find that she had an incurable 
digestive disease. Amen. She couldn't digest food. Amen. And so as her parents began to find the best care for her for this incurable disease for their nine-year-old child, amen, they found we got to feed her through a feeding tube. She can only take liquids. Amen. She can't digest food. Amen. And so as that went on for four years, Annabelle's parents remained faithful to God. They continued to serve God. Amen. They brought her healing before the church. Amen. They brought her healing before the community. Amen. And four long years, Annabelle didn't get any better. Amen. And then one day, Annabelle told her mother, she said, Mom, I can just die. It'll be better for everybody. And then I'll be healed. It's okay. And her so mother with a heavy heart took it before God. They continued to pray, continued to trust God and believe God. One day, about a week after, Annabelle told her mother, it's okay, I can die and I'll be healed. Annabelle got a burst of industry and strength out of nowhere. She was able to go outside and play with her two siblings, her sisters. And they had an old tree that had died on their property. And as they began to play on the tree, Annabelle fell 30 feet within the tree, on the inside of the tree. And as her siblings ran to get their parents for help, amen, they called the ambulance, the fire department and everything. How could we be praying for four years, seeking God, waiting, still showing godly character, still trusting God, and it seems that it has gotten worse. She's fall, fallen 30 feet. We don't know if she's alive or dead. And as they began the rescue efforts that took five hours, her parents began to kneel at the base of that tree and pray. Their character held. Their hope remained in God. Amen. As the ambulance and the fire department finally freed young Annabelle, Four years struggling with an illness, plummeted 30 feet within a tree. Amen. They finally got her out. When they got Annabelle out, she was, only had a few scratches and a few bruises. No major injuries. They took her to the hospital to check her out further to make sure there were no internal injuries. But in their finding, they found they could no longer see that incurable disease within Annabelle. Amen. And as they continued to look and look and look, the medical staff had to declare that it was a supernatural medical miracle over Annabelle's life. So four years of suffering, plummeting 30 feet, her parents, they waited. They trusted in God. They held their godly character. And even when it seemed like it got bad and worse, God did a supernatural miracle over her life. And that's how it works. But you got to stand through the process. You got to follow the process and let God process us. In the process, we have to wait. We still have to show godly character. Amen. And we still have to trust in God and hope. A med medical miracle. The doctors didn't want to have to say that. But that's all they could say, that somehow through that fall, God healed everything. Amen. So in closing, we have to glory in our tribulations when we can follow God's process. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Endure the trials and tribulations as a good soldier. Stand firm and fight to represent Jesus Christ. Don't give up and don't quit. This is how we please the Lord. Don't get involved with the attacks that come your way. Don't get involved with the affairs of this life, but fight for Jesus Christ, trusting God's process. So as we're being processed, we must learn to wait. We must wait on God and trust him with the process. It does not matter how big or how small the obstacle is. We must wait and trust God. As we're being processed, we must show godly character. We must respond God's way. And as we're being processed, we must walk in hope. We must walk in eager expectation, joyful expectation of everything working to our good. Amen. And trusting the process. Amen. I have a good friend 
whose granddaughter, amen, we're going to call her D, amen, D went to school for undergrad, did pre-law, amen, graduated, top honors, amen, went on to law school, graduated, top honors, amen, went on and started her career and worked for law firm after law firm after law firm, amen, and became an assistant DA. She was an assistant DA in one county, another call, county called for it. She went there and another county called and said, hey, if you come here, people are starting to retire in this county. This overpopulated, white, racist county, this white male called her and said, hey, come and be the assistant DA here. There will be opportunities for you in the future. Now, Dee had already said that the Lord had told her that she was going to be a judge. Amen. She wrote it down. She told me today. He said, I'm going to be a judge. I want to praise God. We're going to be in agreement believing that, that God is going to do that. He already said that he's going to do it, but that he'll strengthen you in the process. Amen. And so as she went to this racist county, amen, as an assistant DA, amen, the Lord told her to run for DA. The position came up, but the white male counterpart that told her to come to the county said he was going to run. On the Republican ticket, she was going to run on the Democratic ticket. Well, he had a sidebar. She said, can you be in prayer? Amen. Her grandmother said, pray with me. Things are not looking like I don't know what God is doing. Amen. So the white male told her, I'm going to beat you. And when I beat you, you won't have a job. You're going to have to find you somewhere else to go. I'm not going to let you keep your position. Amen. I said, well, the Lord told her she's going to be be uh, judge. So we don't, we're not worried about that. Amen. We're going to still pray. Amen. And so as she began to run the race for district attorney this past November, amen, she had put billboards up. The family had joined and, and did efforts and was going out to everybody in that county. Amen. Friends was going out to their loved ones in that county saying, vote for D for district attorney. Well, she lost. And the man didn't let her keep the job but it's another county called her and they said we have a position here come on over here so how did how did that look how much stress that was on her to say God told me this I was going in the direction of it but then I lost and everybody knows I lost but it's okay don't get faint-hearted keep moving amen and so she continued to wait on God this past November lost Continue to show godly character. Continue to hope in what God had told her as a judge. And so you all remember all the things that happened in Georgia. Amen. With our elections, it caused our state to be under a microscope. Amen. It caused them to invest the whole, investigate the whole state of Georgia, right? Amen. And to make sure that lines were proper and everything was done like it was supposed to be. Oh, but in that county in which she ran on the Democratic ticket, and her counterpart won, and then didn't allow her to keep her position. They found, they didn't do the lines correctly. We're missing a judge, a Democratic judge. Amen. And they went back to that election, and they called D and said, are you interested in this position of judge in this county? That's how God make ways out of no ways. That's how he fulfills his promises, that he is sure to do just what he says. So praise God. March of this year, we was able to witness D being sworn in as a judge in that same county that she lost the election. So she didn't have to go through the path of DA to get to judge. God allowed her to go over that whole process. He just allowed her to run and then set her in that position. That's the way God does it. He says he will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. He said he'll make ways out of no ways. Amen. And he's done just that. Now she sits at the seat of judge. And that DA that wouldn't let her keep her position has to bring his, his cases before her. That's the way God works. When we trust his process, we might have to wait. But in waiting, we still got to show godly character. As we show godly character, we still got to hope and trust in the promises of God.
And God has surely do it. That he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. We can ask or even think. His promises, they're yea and amen. He supernaturally created a position for his child. That's the way God works. He's no respect of person. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for me. Trust the process. Wait on God. Continue to show godly character. Continue to walk in hope. And our God is faithful to perform. Give him some praise. Amen. Give God some praise. Won't he do it? And we just trust him. Y'all get the microphone right. Bring it up some. Hallelujah. That's where God has us. You know, I was looking. I was, I've, I've, I've been listening over the last few weeks. It was talking about how much crime has increased so much over the last year. And, um... And just really no one has an answer, uh, even here in Atlanta, so many murders and, and just all across the country. And it's just, a, it's just a, a situation of the pandemic and people's character has just changed. And, and people have just changed and things that, that should have, amen, produced greater in us, amen, of godliness, on one hand, amen, produce something adverse. And it is just today we have to, Amen. As I hear the word today and a lot of things just start coming. Amen. Awesome word, Elder Lewis. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We have to make sure in this hour that our object of faith is sound and secure. And it's in Jesus Christ. Because the things of this world is fading away. And as our object of our faith, our hope is built on the things that are fading away then that which holds us and keeps us good and virtuous will fade away at the same time. But our hope has to be in Christ now. And I'm telling you, this is a waiting hour that we're in. It's a waiting time, but God is not finished. Amen. God is not finished. We're going to keep waiting on the promises of God to manifest itself. Surely if God can supernaturally create positions in the natural, this judge didn't know what God was doing. She just had to wait. And you today, I today, we don't know what God is doing, but God is telling us to wait on him. Can you wait on him in this hour? Can you trust him in this hour? I heard her start saying, if we can trust him with salvation, if we can trust him, amen, to be justified and trust him with our soul, what else can we not trust him with? And so we give God the honor and glory. Amen. Praise God, Elder Lewis. Awesome word. Awesome word. It don't get any simpler and basic and foundational as trusting God in the process. And we're all being processed. Amen. The whole world is being processed right now. Amen. And so today, we thank God for you, Facebook, uh, viewing with us. We, we, we honor Amen. Uh, that God has given you, amen, just a uh, desire in your heart to continue to stay connected to us through virtually. And we, we pray today salvation for you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we want to lift that up. Now, God, we pray for those whose object of faith is not Christ. But God, we're believing they're tuned in that that you're doing something new and that you will change the object of their faith, the object of their hope to no one else but Jesus Christ. And so, God, we lift up any lost souls today and we're calling them into salvation, praying that they will repent of their sins and, and be born again and, and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. If you prayed that prayer today, we know that you are saved. We know that you need to find a good Bible teaching church. Amen. And so, again, we thank you for viewing with us. 
We want to continue to thank you for partnering with us financially. You've done an awesome job, and we thank you for all the seeds that have been sown, amen, throughout the week and throughout, amen, all the pandemic. And, and we're asking that you will continue that. We ask that if you, amen, find this broadcast, this vision, this word that comes from this vision, if you find it a benefit to you, amen, it's reasonable that you just sow back into that which is feeding your soul. Again, we thank you. Amen. We give God honor and glory. We thank God for Elder Lewis, the first lady of his church, and we thank you for giving her an opportunity to share God's word into your home. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Until next time.